So our preacher, Bryant, is out of town, uh, I think for a very good reason, right? He's up in Indiana uh, making plans for the rest of his life. He, uh, he got engaged this weekend, so, uh, so that's great news. So I guess that's a good reason not to have him here this morning. So we will, we will continue on. This morning, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our visitors for being out here. We've got a number of visitors. We're very grateful. We've got a, a group from Jacksonville, a group from uh, the Tampa area, Chicago, and Atlanta. And I think I hit everybody, right? Chris, Terry, you guys are from Jacksonville. Tampa, Andersons. Marley's from Chicago. Sylvester's from Atlanta. And there's a gentleman back here I did not meet, and I'm, I apologize. I'll meet you afterwards. But we're grateful for you to be here this morning. And so this morning, if you don't mind, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and that's where we'll begin our study. This study, I have to say, if I'm going to call somebody out from the pulpit, is, is really specific to our students here, uh, to G and to Drake and Savannah, and I was hoping that Mac and Annie would be here, but I know um, there were some, some travel things that were occurring this week, so I was hoping that they'd be here, but they're not here. And anybody else uh, that's a student, really, uh, this lesson pertains, I believe, to everybody. Everybody who is desiring to do the work of God and be pleasing to God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as your frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Wow, what an amazing verse. You're talking about the importance of God's Word and really how it should be really the priority in our life. And I heard a, a talk or a sermon not too long ago, and it was talking about how he hated the word priorities and how often we use these ideas that our priorities aren't straight. And the whole point he was trying to make is it shouldn't be plural. It should be singular. We should have one priority and everything else should be in line with that priority. This morning, I want to ask you, I want to challenge you and ask you a question. Remember who you are. And really, this is pertaining to students, but I believe all of us. And in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your pr prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Brothers and sisters, starting off, I want to encourage you to be strong and courageous. The Lord, what an amazing God we have. And I'm grateful for Brother Glenn and the songs that he led. I'm grateful for the words that Jason said at the table. And we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be grateful for. 
And so as we think about going to school tomorrow and for the rest of this year, there's some ideas that I want to encourage you on. I want to remind you that Paul, in Acts chapter 22, if you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 22, Paul also went to school. He was a student. And we know that Paul was a very diligent student when it came to understanding and knowing the Word of God. And Acts chapter 22, stating in verse 3, it says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, but brought up in the city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. And so I want to encourage you to honor Jesus, to honor Jesus in all that you do. Every one of us. That should be our goal on a daily basis, to bring honor to God. And one of the things I'm grateful for this morning is Paul. I love when Paul prays. I love the zeal that Paul prays with. And I love when he says, in every, everything and in everywhere, really that should be our goal, is to honor Jesus Christ in everything and in everywhere. And so I want to encourage you this morning to remember who you are. This is something that I have always thought about as a Christian, to remember who you are. And back in the teen class, we have been studying the book of James. And it's fascinating how these topics that come up in chapter 1 will come up again in chapter 2, and they'll come up again in chapter 3, and they'll come up again in chapter 4. And this morning, we were looking at James chapter 4. If you turn with me to James chapter 4, starting in verse 7, and I believe if I asked Drake and Savannah, they could regurgitate this because we reviewed it a number of times. But in James chapter 4, we are reminded, first, to submit ourselves to God. Second, we are told to resist the devil. And third, we are told to draw near to God. Fourth, we are told to cleanse our hands. Fifth, we are told to purify our hearts. And sixth, we are told to humble ourselves before the Lord. And the thing we talked about this morning is it's interesting how the first thing that James says is here, he says to submit yourselves to God. Got it. We talked about that. What does that mean? That means to give yourself entirely to God. It means that you only follow God. That means if I'm submitting to God, who am I not submitting to? There's a couple of things we talked about. For one, I'm not submitting to the devil. I'm not submitting to the world. And third, I am not submitting to myself. But then, the third thing he says, is we, as we see here, is to draw near to God. But he already told us to submit to God. So then why would I need to draw near to God? The reality is that this is not a one-time thing. It's a continuous thing. A daily thing, an hourly thing, a minute-by-minute minute thing. I will submit to God. I will resist the devil, and I will draw near to God. Rinse and repeat. I will submit to God. I will resist the devil, and I will draw near. So remembering who you are. And the question is, what does that mean? That means as disciples of Christ, we think about who we are a disciple of. We're a disciple of Christ, which means we are to reflect Jesus Christ. 
in everything that we do. And brothers and sisters, as we think about remembering who you are, I have five thoughts that I'd like to challenge you on this morning. The first one is that we need to seek for the approval of God. We live in a world that is constantly being bombarded about how we should look, how we should think, how we should act. And in reality, God's Word gives us a perfect blueprint. Let's look at James chapter 2. We love James, so let's look at James. We're going to look at it a couple of times. But in James chapter 2, starting in verse 14, there's a question that's raised. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Brothers and sisters, this verse is telling us that we must have faith. But we also must have works. You can't have one without the other. They go together. If we are to seek for the approval of God, we need to recognize the importance of having faith in God and doing works that show that we have faith in God. And these are daily decisions, right Phoebe? Daily decisions that we make. And as we look at this, it's important to recognize. Turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I love John chapter 4 because there's so much detail in John chapter 4. And all of us know parts of it, but we know that Jesus meets this woman, this woman of Samaria. And now look at verse 7. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus, Jesus said to her, Give me drink. For his disciples had gone away into the, to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And in verse 10 it says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is it that saying this to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And brothers and sisters, if we continue reading that, we will see that Jesus is teaching the Samaritan woman where life truly comes from. And the ultimate lesson here is that life comes through and from Jesus. And so we need to be seeking approval from God. And brothers and sisters, on this Lord's Day, we need to declare that I am serving God. I today am submitting to God and resisting the devil. Next we look at, we need to think before you post. I think this is uh, it's interesting because 15 years ago, this isn't something we would have necessarily talked about. 
But social media has taken over our world. And we can easily talk about the negatives of social media. But there's a lot of good that comes from social media. The ability that we have to to contact and interact with people from all over the world is an amazing blessing. But there are some very dangerous things about social media. And if you look with me in James, back to James, James chapter 1 and verse 19, I have to tell you that this is a verse that I struggle with on a regular basis. James chapter 1, starting in verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Wow! Three simple ideas, but how difficult and complex are they? Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Brothers and sisters, social media can be a dangerous thing if we don't think before we post. And the reality is we need to think about the power of our words. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. 4.29 says, Let not corrupt... Let no, corrupt, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And in Proverbs chapter 15, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 28, another verse that tells us about the power of what we say, Proverbs chapter 15 Proverbs 15 and verse 28 reads, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. And in Matthew chapter 15 and in verse 11, Matthew 15 and verse 11, Matthew 15 and verse 11 states, It is not... What goes into the mouth that defiles a a person, but what comes out of mouth that defiles a person. And Eric reminded me this morning that we are told in Matthew chapter 5 to be the salt and to be the light in this world. It's hard to do when we post things that we shouldn't post. When we're setting an example to things that we shouldn't be setting an example about. And I think about A question is, what is our motive? Why are we doing it? What's the purpose of it? Are we doing it to edify? And I think of this acronym that most of you have probably heard. And it's THINK. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? That seems pretty elementary, but I think that that's probably a good foundation when we think about social media. Third, we need to think about giving our absolute best when it comes to our schoolwork, when it comes to our everyday lives. We need to give our absolute best because that's what God expects of us. In Genesis chapter 4, we're introduced to two two gentlemen, Cain and Abel. And we know this story very well. And in verse 3... 
In verse 2 it says, And she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought the, gra- the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the first bru- firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering had, had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, you will not be accepted. If you do well, will not you be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. We don't know all of the details here, but we know these two gentlemen offered something to the Lord. And one of them offered something that was pleasing to God. And the other didn't. And really, as I take this, I see that, that Abel offered the best. And Cain didn't. But what God expects from you and from me is our absolute best. And in Proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 4, we see that as well. I'm going to skip to Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 22. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 22. Colossians 3 and verse 22 says, Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And in verse 23, what a powerful verse. It says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And so what this verse is telling us is that no matter what situation we are in, whether it's a slave or servant relationship, we are to give our best. Because that's what God expects. And that's what God deserves. You work for the Lord. No more minimum. Don't just get by. You need to do your best. Savannah and Drake and G, when it comes to your class, you need to do your best. And not all of us are 4.0 students. Not all of us can be like G. Some of us have to work a little harder. And the reality is that all of us need to do our absolute best. Next, we need to think about being kind to others. We live in a very hostile world. We just came from Puerto Rico where people don't believe in turning signals or stop signs or red lights and people just drive in a chaotic form. So we were very grateful to come back where people stopped and people used turning signals. It was very nice last night and this morning. But we need to be kind to others. In Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1 and verse 40, Mark chapter 1 and in verse 40, Mark 1 and in verse 40 says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, can you make me clean? Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. 
And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Over and over again, we see Jesus being so kind and so passionate and so loving to those that he came in contact with. And we think about the importance of that for us. And in Ephesians chapter 4, in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 32, we're reminded about the importance of it as well. In 4, in verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. What an amazing thought, brothers and sisters, to know that we need to be kind. And ultimately, we need to be kind because of the love that was first shown to us by God. What an amazing God we serve. I want to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And pull out a couple of thoughts there in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, and in verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be the light and the salt in this hostile world. Be kind. Our world needs more kindness. And I believe that tomorrow when you go to school or you go to work or whatever you may do, that you will have an opportunity to be kind. I challenge you to choose to be kind, to be the light, to be the salt. And the fifth and last point is that you are not alone. Savannah and Drake and G and and Jonathan, Jonathan and Devin, they are not alone. And all of us here are praying and encouraging one another to keep fighting the good fight. I'm amazed by Paul. And no matter what situation or what state Paul was in, he was able to be content knowing that he had brothers and sisters all over praying and encouraging him and wanting to be with him and doing the work And brothers and sisters, we should have that same confidence. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, Deuteronomy chapter 31 and in verse 6, we see this concept. 31 and verse 6, it says, once again, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Brothers and sisters, we need to have complete confidence that we serve a Lord and God that is constantly with us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and in verse 13, verse 10 and 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And also in 1 Peter chapter 5, we see the same concept. And also in Romans chapter 8. But turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And this will be the last verse we look at this morning, and the lesson will be yours. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1. And in verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1 and in verse 8. It says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we are so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted to us through the prayers of many. What an encouraging thought here by Paul about the importance of realizing that we serve a mighty God that will never forsake us. We serve the same God that was in Daniel. The same God that has promised Paul that he will take care of him, that he will provide. Brothers and sisters, as you go to work and you go to school and you live your life tomorrow, I encourage you to remember who you are. And what's amazing about the book of God is it's a constant compass with our true north. And we need to be reading it. And remember James chapter 4, starting in verse 7, says, Submit to God. Resist the devil. Draw near to God. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. And humble yourselves before God. Today I want to challenge you and remind you to remember who you are. That we need to seek for the approval of God. That we need to think before we post. We need to give our absolute best. We need to be kind to others. And that you are not alone. And I'm reminded of that this morning as we have a family from Tampa. We have a family from Jacksonville and Atlanta and Chicago. We are not alone. There are brothers and sisters all over the world seeking to serve the Lord. Let us be the salt and the earth. You are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for you this morning. I'm grateful that um, you are here. And if any of this has tickled or pierced your heart, I pray that you don't let that go unanswered. If there are things in your life that need to be made right, I challenge you to not wait a single minute. If there are areas where you need encouragement or you need prayers, let us do that. Let us pray for you. And if you have not made that decision to follow Jesus, to take that step into baptism, I challenge you that the Ethiopian eunuch, when he heard the words of Jesus, he realized that he needed to make a change. And that started with baptism. There's any here that need to be baptized this morning. We challenge you. We encourage you to come forward at this time as we stand and sing.